had to raise my hand and try and speak to non-minority people about actions and events um, to let them see through a lens that what has happened is in fact racist or um, demonstrates their privilege. I think everybody knows that. Everybody knows anything. Yes. Anyway, I'll be so glad when my bathroom is remodeled. I will not know what to do. But anyway, that's not my point tonight. Anyway, um, I was just up late. I had an opportunity to talk to my daughter in Germany. She's doing well, and um, I always love talking to her. She's the one who gave me the name Mama Lada. And uh, the other thing she did was um, she was created some of the most dynamic, um, uh, what do I want to call it, uh, supplemental lessons in math. And, sci and science, in science and chemistry for students who were going through the program. Her students ended up going to wonderful, wonderful schools and getting scholarships, Fulbright scholarships and those scholarships and that scholarships. She should be so proud of herself. She started very early. Um, it's in her blood. One of these days she's going to leave. No, you don't have to leave the lab to be a director. Um, you just have to have people to implement your thoughts, your ideas, your projects. And you just have to know how to rein it in <laughs> when, you know, it's time to turn the ground and it's time to turn it in. So. You finalize it and you cut out all the chaff and you leave some in. And you get the grant and hey, <laughs> she's going to get the grants. She's going to get a lot. But she has um, someone to implement them. Uh, her boss will be implementing them. And uh, it's good. I've got good IT people. Um, we're going to be doing cultural competency series. And it's mainly for educators, but it's actually for anybody who would like to sit in on our course. We're going to Zoom them so we can at least see each other or not see each other, but at least sit and talk and have a civil conversation. Um, and again, let me explain. Civil means this. Mind your own business. If you don't sleep with it, if you don't live with it, if it is doing no harm to you or yours or anybody else within the community or the hood, then mind your own business. Let people live their own lives. They're the ones living it, not you. You have more of a problem because you've never defined who you are. 
So you're going to tell everybody else who they aren't or should be. Please, heal thyself, physician. That's all I got to say. But I do have ownership of the button, and I do have ownership of editing tools. So don't waste your time saying mean, nasty things and screaming and yelling. Because this is going to be a civil conversation. It is not going to be a session of who did what to who, who pooped in whose yard, who put who, who, who blew up in the, in the propane tank at the park. Come on. Let's stop complaining and let's start solving. We have the ability to feed everybody. No one should be in a goddamn line trying to get food. They should be in stores. They should be in restaurants. Vouchers, World War II, Roosevelt, sugar rationing, blah, blah, blah. We need to do that with food so people can take script or shoot just a card and swipe it. You know, nobody's out there trying to hoard. Well, we do hoard a little. Everybody hoards what they think is most important. For me, it's peaches. Lady Alberta peaches. I love them. I love them. But I don't even hoard those many. I only hoarded four cans. Ah, we have the ability to feed everyone. Let's put food trucks around the city. I, for one, Carlotta, am asking for dog, dog in the park person that I've known since my time at the university to come and do a food truck. And I now have the date. It's going to be February 9th from 5 to 7. And we are going to introduce the or the, found, the new foundation. And I'm going to read some things that are really cool. And I've got a band. My band is called Raised, R-A-I-S-E-D, Raised by Men. And I called it that because until I was six, until I went to school, because you didn't have to in the 50s or whatever. Yeah, in 1956, I went to school. I was six years old, and I went to the first grade, and I had Mrs. Collard, whose son was in my class. And then I had Mrs. Bromley for second grade. Get up against that wall, old lady Bromley. I watched um, BF, what was it, the FBI? Uh, Elliot Ness. Anyway, lots of machine guns. <clears throat> Third grade, I had Miss Lindblom who's 
cousin was in my class. He didn't get away with anything, but it was her cousin. And then fourthly, they had Mrs. Powell, who was a missionary, had been a missionary. Fifth grade, they had Mr. Graham, who had been a missionary, and he had adopted an young woman, Eskimo young woman. Um, what was her name? Graham? I don't remember her name. In sixth grade, I had Miss Breed who was so tall, she was tall and skinny and really pretty, and she decided it was um, the time of the, Ken of the Kennedys and, you know, Marie Shriver and all, all of the wonderful things that were going on. Um, at the height of Camelot. <clears throat> For which I forgot to mention I was the fastest fifth grade girl in the country running the 50-yard dash at .07 seconds. And I held that record, I guess, for at least a year. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Ari's a hula hoop champion at um, Catherine Blaine. I, she had her name up on the board. I don't know, maybe somebody was blowing her out of the water. Um, but raised by men, uh, when I turned six, my mom went back to school. My mom, uh, her dad was an old country doctor. One of those people got chickens. <laughs> horse and buggy. But she always dreamed of being a nurse. And so I guess, I, I, that's what I think. I think that was her passion to become a nurse because her dad was a doctor, an old country doctor. He came, he came out of Meharry Medical School. So someplace my grandfather Grandfather's name was there at the hair. Maybe even in yearbook that I can see what he looks like. I'm gonna have to ask my friend Dr. Griffin. Because he went there. Um yeah, this some this year has has really been a year. Um I went out and bought, I heard on the news one night there was a weird disease in Wuhan, China. And it was because people ate some bats. And I went out the next day and I thought, oh my God, there's some disease that's in Wuhan, China. And I went out and I bought gas masks for Ari and myself and Katrina, Siscat. Well, I'm sort of glad that I have them because I had students who were going into some of the worst areas in the country at the time um, and still are very bad with COVID and death. Thank God for vaccines and 
hopefully they have all taken them and all is well. I'm going to check up on them. I'm just going to call them and record them one day. So if you're hearing this, you're going to call. I'm going to call you and record you. And you're going to tell me what your life has been like because you are in all over the country. Some of you here, I've spoken with my son in Arizona several times. I've spoken with my daughter in Yakima many times. Um, you're on the front lines of this. You're on the front lines of a whole bunch of different things. You know, they're on the front, you know, they're the first line of defense as we've had first responders still, you know, needing, thank goodness for Biden and, and doing the PPEs. I wish he would, I wish the administration would, you know, they say, don't give you cloth mask anymore. Well, what type of mask can you use? What can we, we could start our own NGOs in this country. Why do we go to Vietnam? I mean, I don't want NGO for I would like to start an NGO in Vietnam. But why not in this country? Why? Do you know how much a sewing machine costs? It costs $69. It's not big and fancy. I mean, or you can buy for $200 a really, 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 really nice machine that will sew for you. Well, it doesn't quite sew for you can program. Why aren't we asking what mask do they want? What material do they need? Instead of, well, we're going to start doing it and we'll get half the things here. Can we make gloves? I don't know. Can be anybody make a glove? What do you need to make a glove? Do we have what we need to make gloves? Let's do it. Why aren't we using the labs in the universities that are closed? Why aren't we using the graduate students and the trainees, the apprentices, to be making these whatever they got it? They know how to make compounds. I guess if you're given the right stuff, you'll come up with the right thing. Why don't we have those graduate students in there 24-7 paying them minimum wage, or no, I would say paying them $25 an hour to make the compounds, to give the shots, to, uh, they do all this stuff in their dang labs with, well, they used to with mice and monkeys, and maybe they still do, but they know how to give shots. They know how to create solutions. Let's open up the colleges, but let's use them in such a way where it will be productive. Let's get them the, the glassware that they need. We used to order it for our students. Open up the damn stores at the university campuses. Make curves. Whoever makes those glass jars to bottle stuff in, I'm sure they can do some air glass producers, bottle producers, Coca-Cola. We can make these tests. 
we sell at home to and we as, as a community need to buy the test to make sure that everyone in this community has the number of self-administering kits in their homes as needed. And yes, we know that it is not only one time that you would test for to see if you have the COVID. Isn't that horrible? Doesn't that sound like a science fiction movie? You're going to test to see if you have the COVID and what you do. Remember Star Trek when those kids were over 15 or something and they grow warts or whatever and die? This is what it reminds me of. Remember, uh, what was it? Something, something, 21, where when you turned 21, you had to do something in Fairfax, it was anything, whatever. Well, this is the same thing. This is worse than a pregnancy test. This is worse than a, geez. This is worse than any test. I mean, you test me, you're positive. What the hell is that? Are you going to live? Are you going to die? Have we thought about it? I'm being recomposted. I don't want to get burned. And I don't want to sit in a cold room. So I'm going to have to get in a box and they're going to put, which they're going to know, they're going to put, I'm not getting in the box, I'll be dead. But, Anyway, I'm going to end up, and I want to be buried in my backyard, and I want a big tree there, a big willow tree, a big weeping willow tree, and that will make me happy. Anyway, <clears throat> enough of that. Um... All I can say is I'm very pleased that I had the opportunity to meet the young people I did while I was at the University of Washington. And I am very blessed that these folks are willing to give back and are willing to move forward and are going to evolve what I started and Terry started and um, some other folks at the university started with the, you know, the deans, uh, the healthy deans, Milo, Gibaldi, Nancy Wood, and was the guy who made the bra, I think it was called. He was from Sweden? They, no, he was from one of the countries, uh, Denmark or Sweden. Or, uh, yeah, I'm not good with geography. Anyway, um, Milo over in pharmacy, my mentor. Doesn't he remind you, if you knew Milo, and I want to I want to ask Dr. Fauci one day if he knew Milo because they had to know each other because they 
not just because they grew up in New York, but because both of them were so involved with HIV AIDS. So there. So I, it would have been something. I would have, I would pay to be a fly on the wall if I could have heard those two talk. One, they, they talked alike. Two, they look alike. Three, they walk and talk alike. I don't know, they look like Patty do. <laughs> except two very distinct, distinguished, domineering, dominating forces of nature. Milo and pharmaceutics. I always get that wrong. I hate it when you get it wrong. I'll have, I'll edit. I'm not going to edit this. Anyway, Milo, how do you end up being one of the ten best in the world? In the world, you know, in the world. And I was fortunate enough to be mentored by that person who taught me how to write grants after I really crashed and burned. He took every day at lunchtime, unless he had meetings or whatever. And he walked me through my grant. And it was for the research apprentice program. So it was 1992. And I got the grant. But this person spent every lunchtime, you know, um, helping me on that grant. But more so, he was such a good friend to my daughter, Aria. And he was like grandpa. He was like really good grandpa. And they shared a love of chocolate. When Aria was very young, I have to put the picture up, but she came on Halloween, no, Easter? Halloween, Easter. Easter. I think it was Easter. And anyway, she bit into the candy and she said, Uncle Milo, this is really, really good chocolate. <laughs> My daughter does have a discerning palate. I was lucky because Ari would try anything. You know, she didn't know what it was, so she didn't know if it was supposed to be good or bad. So. You know, she would eat all sorts of stuff. What is my point? Our website, there are two websites. I guess they're blogs. I don't know. Anyway, one will be for me, Mama Lada, and I'm going to have Mama Lada gives advice or whatever. Oh, and I'm putting out a new book, just ASAP, as soon as I can find this person, I'm going to put out a new book. Not book, 
one of those little short things that are cute and you hope people buy them. Be good for the foundation. Um, and on that page, we also want to give people an opportunity to um, just tell us about yourselves. Tell us your stories. We all have our stories. No matter how young or how old, we all have our tales to tell as soon as our memories kick in. Now my memory, which I really love, goes back to the age of two. But what's fun is when I think of those memories, I can also visualize them. Now Ari's just the opposite of me. If Ari sees the movie, Ari will, well anyway, Ari's phenomenal in language, with language, not foreign language, but just with language with, and with collecting new knowledge and, and being a reading, I don't know, what do you call it, a reading, a, let's see if you're a bibliophile, a bibliophile, I don't know, anyone, but that girl has read every Twilight, every Harry Potter, every thing with those little people, um, Lord of the Rings, um, Frankenstein, uh, I don't know, romances, but she really loves um, Moss, M-A-A-S. Anyway, I've got to remember, Ari's supposed to be attending a, um, a, a Zoom with um, one of her favorite authors this month. I think it's on the 27th of February. I better check. Anyway, um, Ari will talk your ear off given the opportunity because it's so, I don't know, language is so important to I think it's sort of because I talk a lot and she's picked up my talking a lot. And when I talk a lot, I mean, I will talk to anybody. If you're sitting within a mile of three feet of me, I will talk to you. I will say at least good morning. And if you say good morning back, then we'll strike up a conversation. And I love doing that. I was in an Uber all day. I have a driver. Do you call them drivers? I wouldn't call anybody a chauffeur. I have a driver. And he's very, very nice. And he's very, very polite. And he's very, 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 very. And I like him a lot. And I trust him. You've got to do it with your life. Anyway, the foundation is to honor my parents, John and Magnolia, who 
whose bar and the foundation will sit on John and Magnolia Estates. That's going to be the name of the foundation, the property, okay? And the foundation will have a number of rooms um, dedicated to only the foundation business. And we'll also have at least one uh, set of, uh, one suite of rooms, maybe two suites for people who work for the foundation who want to come into town, but I'm going to charge you, so be ready to pay. Um, at least uh, uh, $20 a night, and you get a good meal in the morning. Oh, what else? And then buy a house for the ladies and myself. And those are my big dreams. That's the downloading of my brain for tonight. I hope everyone will join us. I hope you will think, what can I do to positively impact the life of a neighbor, of someone on Zoom, um, of people you don't even know. Just make somebody feel good. Buy them. If they're behind you in line, buy them whatever they're getting if you can afford it. Show kindness towards each other. Show civility towards each other. And for those hard conversations, let's talk and find common ground. That's what you do with debates. And we are going to have full-fledged, honest-to-goodness debates. One group versus another. And we're going to have championships. And Mama Lotta and her posse, known in the past as Rosebud's Rough Riders, or rap students, or trap teachers, or um, bridges for folks, or came to the Carson, when Ben Carson was a person, came to the Ben Carson um, health fair that we had one year that was so successful. 1,500 to 3,000 black folk and brown folk and red folk and yellow folk and white folk sitting there listening. Poor folk, middle class folk, folks from private schools, all mingling together, all listening, all being able to hear a pin drop in that room. We met Ben Carson when he was at the top of his game, separating conjoined twins. I'm sure I poop whatever happened to Ben Carson. I don't know, but I think it's neurological 
in nature. So, maybe he couldn't practice anymore. What, what would make you go crazy? I found out what would make me go crazy. What can you, as one person, either in a family setting with more than or with more than one person living with you, living alone? Maybe you're in a, a senior facility and you're by yourself, or you have a pod, or you're a single parent, or. We all have our tales, we all have our woes, but we all find our solutions, don't we? You can sit and mope all day. You can sit and cry all day. You can sit and smoke dope all day. You can sit and look at TV all day. What have you accomplished? What solutions have you found? If you have found inner peace, great. Now, you found that inner peace, how did you do it? Teach someone else how to find that peace. And maybe that person knows something about scribing, being a scribe. Let that scribe teach a younger person or persons to be scribes. Help them pass the test. We need people, scribes from every group who lives in this country, ethnic, racial, religious. We need scribes in those hospitals right now. We need young people who if they can't enter a room can be seen talking to a person and comforting them. We need to bring back, what were they, candy stripers? We need to bring young people to the fight because this is their fight also. We can do this, and we can expand what President Biden and Vice President Harris are doing. They are fighting the fight, and they are winning. Half the latex gloves will be produced in this country. How many people does that employ? This is public health. This is the Constitution. And this is America at its best. This is who we are. But then there are those, those times in the last four years of that is who we were. And now we need to reconcile that. And we can do that through conversations. But conversations aren't enough. Progressive actions aren't enough. America needs to have
Mm. What I want to say, America needs civics education, but more than civics education, America needs to understand that to progress, to to progress, wait, try that again, to progress, you must have context. History gives us that context. We're not here because of what happened 400 years ago. We're not here what happened 800 years ago or 10,000 years ago. We're here today because America is who America is. A land of immigrants. Not one person, group, ethnic, religious, or otherwise, stepped foot on this, on this continent of North America first. The woolly mammoth did. And, that's interesting, the woolly mammoth did. And you know what? Ah. People came after that woolly mammoth over what? The land bridge, the ice, whatever. And the saber-toothed tigers. And they learned how to kill those things. And wouldn't you have loved to live during that time and see a great big sloth? But maybe that's where Sasquatch comes from. They, they are really leftovers of that age. Because wouldn't you need a whole bunch of hair to stay warm? Like a woolly mammoth? I don't know about the red eyes where that comes from. But you wouldn't know you would stay in places that are uninhabited. And you weren't expecting people to come so you caught Sasquatch. I'm going to try that out on Wes and see what he thinks. Anyway, we are where we are today and we can help each other. No one needs to be hungry. No one needs to be um, health insecure. No one needs to be supplementally insecure. No one needs to be hungry. No one needs to go sit in line and hope that there's food. Now, maybe there'll still be food lines because there certainly were ration lines the last time we went through this crap. But I also want to bring back the 1920s. I'm opening some shops and I'm selling some clothes and we're going to go back to bootleg gin, but we won't really be. It's just to be anyway. It'll be an ice cream shop anyway. So there. And a bar and a hamburger joint. But all 1920s styles, 1920s music, Harlem Renaissance, heavily um, played up or advanced, whatever the word is. But this is now going to be um, Seattle's Renaissance because I bet you there are a whole bunch of people in Seattle who can relive the 20s and make it very authentic. If you knew your grandparents or your great-grandparents, think of the style, look at the old pictures, how did they dress, what did they look like? 
what type of cars were there. Well, I don't know about the car. Well, people run out of anything, you know, but let's see what Seattle's Renaissance is. Let's hear the poetry. Let's read the books. Let's hear the music. Seattle can have a 20, a, a, not the 1920s, but 100 years later, the 2020s. I think we can roar just as hard as they did. The roaring 20s. Now, what do you call this? The roaring interesting time in life. I don't know. We'll think of it, won't we? And I talked about KJM Media Productions. Um, we're going to do a lot with um, musicians. And yeah, maybe we'll be like grunge in Seattle. Like, um, who is the fellow? Um, Kurt Cobain. will become the 20s, the roaring Seattle 20s. Anyway, it is that time. My brain is as downloaded as it's going to be. It is now time to listen to the news, read the news. And at 3 o'clock, what time is it now? It is... Um, 3.18, oh, I'm past due. Okay, I gotta be asleep by four. Talk to you later. Wear your mask. Stay socially and physically distanced appropriately. So I'm not saying socially distanced. Just make sure you're doing it physically and socially appropriately with masks. And be listening for the next Mama Mata show. And if you'd like to call and just talk and be on the show, call me at 206-787-2935. And we will set up a Zoom meeting. And remember, for every $100 you make, you keep 80 and I get 20. And we put it towards the resources that are needed at that time. All we need are the receipts. I'll talk to you soon. I am going to sleep. Bye.